0: This is Theology Refresh, David Mathis is Iron God's podcast for pastors and Christian leaders. And because church planting is such an important topic, an important way in which the kingdom of God goes forward and the gospel advances, we're tackling church planting again here. This time we're talking with Josh Cousineau. From the state of Maine. Josh, you said it right. thank you for joining us.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, David.
0: Josh is the pastor of Redemption Hill Church, which is now public as of January. Yep. Uh, the church began meeting uh, in the last few years, and I'll, I'll let Josh tell his own story. Maybe that's the place just to dive in, Josh. Um, and anyway, I personally have a heart for New England, in, in a way. I'm, I'm in the Twin Cities and feel God's call there, and yet I'm uh, excited about the work God is doing in New England, knowing you and some other friends there. And we want to just highlight that work, your work in particular, and then and God's larger movement in New England. And maybe the place to start is, uh, how did that
1: calling into church planting begin for you? Yeah, for me it was um, it was really uh, partially Tim Chester's book, um, Total Church, and uh, reading that and just kind of God stirring my heart, and then. We, uh, I was listening to Tim Chester and Jonathan Dodson do some sessions on church planting and, and uh, living on, with gospel intentionality, and my heart started stirring, and I you know, my, started talking to my wife, and she wasn't in the same place, so we kind of, this was like four or five years ago, and we kind of, I just put on prayer, just started praying about it, God, what are you, you going to do, when are you going to do it, and just kept working where I was working, and uh, wife came to me a couple of years later, and we had been praying together about it and just mm-hmm. talking about it, and she's like, you know, I feel like it's time to plant a church, and so we started pursuing that. What is that going to look like? Speaking with the elders in our church. I was an elder at the time. And uh, really just felt God calling us to stay where we were in the same town where we lived, where we had you know, had built roots, built relationships, where our kids had friends, because um, that was a big model. That's our model is really a, a community model of really uh, connecting with people in the community and loving them and building a relationship with them. And so in uh, September of 2011, we started meeting in missional communities. And uh, we had two missional communities. And it was really just... We, we were bringing together some people from different churches, some unchurched people, to kind of plant a church who didn't really know Jesus or were disenfranchised with the church. And so we started meeting um, in missional communities and gathering on Sundays, and I would preach, and we really preached a lot about who we are in, gro- in God, like what it, because of what Christ has done for us, well, who does that make us. Mm. It's because we really wanted people to work out of who they are, because sometimes we do that backwards, so we'll... We'll do stuff because it's what we have to do instead of being like, I'm a child of God and because I'm a child of God, I can do this or I can, you know, reading the Bible if you're a child of God is getting to know dad versus reading the Bible as someone who just has to read a book to get it off their checklist. So Mm -hmm. we spent really a year and a half rooting people in who we are, um, how we should function. And then this past January, we launched um, kind of publicly, which wasn't a lot of fanfare. It was literally like our address is on our Facebook page, and we put a website up. Um, so that was our public launch, no press release or anything like that. Um, so that's kind of where we've come from and where we are now. So,
0: so for some of our listeners, missional communities, they have a concept How about, for those who, that's a new term. How would you explain what a missional community is?
1: Yeah, what we say a missional community is, um, is we kind of say we're a family of missionary servants. So we look at the scriptures and say our identity. So uh, you and I, David, are family. We're brothers. So we should, you know, if we're interacting, we can live as family. So if we're in the same church body, so within Redemption Hill, we call each other to live as family. And so we say, what would family look like? And family isn't, You know, a healthy family doesn't just get together on Tuesday afternoon and dad talks to him for an hour and says, okay, now go do what your family does. A healthy family interacts. They have cookouts. They do birthday parties. So our missional communities are really, we say, we live as family. We interact as family. We serve each other, serve the community. And because of the spirit living within us, the spirit that empowered Jesus to do ministry and mission, we then are also empowered to do ministry and mission. So we love our neighbors in that way. So a missional community practically is really just life on life living together. So my missional community um, you know we interact I think in the last week I've probably interacted with them 7 to 8 times within the last maybe 10 to 12 days whether it's cookouts or birthday parties or you know my washer machine broke and so one of the guys comes over and helps me remove my old one, go buy a new one, load it up, get it there. So it's just what would family do and and but we're bound by Jesus and so mm-hmm. that's kind of our goal and we're always living to bring other people into the family. So that's kind of how a missional community meets. We also we meet we gather for meal regularly, so each week we have, you know, my group gets together every Thursday night, and we have a meal together, and we pray together, and we, you know, open the scriptures together sometimes, Mm -hmm. and uh, so that's kind of the way it would look, Um, and then we gather on Sundays, too, as a big family, so all the missional communities come together, and we, you know, it's our kind of our celebration, like, hey, Mm -hmm. what has God been doing? We share stories of what God's doing in our individual missional community, so it's kind of like a big Thanksgiving meal, we look at it, so our Sunday's like a big feast, Mm -hmm. minus all the great food, but, um, you know, so we feast on the scriptures and worship and communion with each other, and uh, then we go out, but we live as family throughout the week. So it's not a Bible study where you get together for an hour a week and study through scriptures, but that will probably be part of it. Like, you should be studying the scriptures together. It's not a prayer meeting. It's not a affinity group where you just hang out with the people you like, but it's family, and so it's mm-hmm. messy. It's kind of dirty. It's kind of not always the greatest thing, funnest thing, I yeah. should say, but... um. But it's kind of real life, and when we see the scriptures, it's kind of what you see in Acts, you know, chapter 2 in the end there, where it says that everything in common, God was adding to their number. And that's really what we're starting to see is God, people are attracted to it. People mm-hmm. are like, I want that love. I want that support that you guys have. So that's kind of what a missional community is for us. Yeah, so, and you said
0: the church is made up of, of multiple missional communities. So uh, how many folks, is there, is there a range of a healthy size for a missional community?
1: Yeah, I think... Um, between six and fifteen, um, adults is usually what we have. So my missional community probably has nine, nine to eleven adults that regularly come. But we also have like five teenagers and like a, like nine kids between the age of like mm-hmm. three weeks old and you know eight years old. So, um, but if you only have you know if it's you if it's you and your wife and two other people, that's kind of just a, a meal. But if it's 25 people, most houses can't fit that and you can't really have constructive conversation and dialogue. so, so we kind of shoot for the seven, you know the six to 15 range and know that it will grow and kind of go, but then we multiply it out so it'd become another group. So we take so I'm training up leaders in my group mm-hmm. and we're planning on this September we'll be launching another group out of my group mm-hmm. um, to go live on mission in another area or wherever they feel God kind of call them to do. So uh, in my group, um, four of the families live within my neighborhood. And uh, that's actually, that's something that is awesome. Like not all the groups have that, but ours, God's bless us. And we have four families right in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So we've made a real um, effort to just kind of infiltrate the kids and the people in our neighborhood to love on them. And that's, that's our mission. That's what we say, this is where we're at. This is where we're supposed to love people and uh, just serve here, so. Yeah.
0: So in describing this, maybe folks have a, a concept of small group, and there's a similar size there, you know, 6 yeah. to 12, or 6 to 14, or th- that kind of range, where there's, you can only do so many relationships at depth, meeting regularly, doing life on life together, and there's, uh, in, the, in the missional community concept, the reason for giving a different term, is there's uh, an increased intentionality, both in the the frequency of doing life together, the community part, yep. as well as uh, the mission. This is not just a home for people, but it's also a platoon yeah. you know, to, to go out and to win others to Jesus.
1: Yeah, I, I don't honestly don't care what it's called. To be honest, like it, you can call it, a, you know, a fellowship group or a hangout group or whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, b- the big difference I see is um, a Bible study, is something you go to it's not something you are, like you're not a Bible study, but a missional community, we say something we are, like that's who we are. So we don't go to missional community, mm-hmm. um, just kind of like, you you know, you don't go to church on Sunday, like you are the church biblically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've grown up in church, I'm a PK, like, I understand that's kind of like, wait, no, no, you go to church, but but we are a missional community. And so we say, you know, we live on mission together. So it's, it really is, it's that intentionality of connecting um, being family, what would a healthy family do? And and it's great because then you have to be back in the gospels because I don't know what a healthy family would do because I have a sinful parents, I have sinful mm-hmm. brother and sisters, so I gotta understand. Okay, what is G? How does the Bible in in kind of induce or inform me on this, mm-hmm. um, on how I should live as family, mm-hmm. and how does the perfect heavenly Father lead me as a father? And so mm-hmm. we're kind of always going back to that and saying, what should a healthy family do? Because mm-hmm. we all have messed up families in some way, no matter how good they are.
0: So one thing it seems. Uh, like it does in structuring your church in missional communities is that it forces you to continue to raise up leaders. Like you cannot be negligent right. in the intentional cultivation and training of leaders because they're not going to all just gather to hear you preach. you got to have right. leaders for these intentional, yep. you know, demanding, involved groups. Right? Yeah,
1: so as soon as we launch a missional community, one of the first things we're doing with that leader is is kind of continually asking them and, and really praying. Okay, God, who is going to lead this next group? Um, so we have we started with two missional communities, um, and we now have four. Each of our missional communities have grown in size where we've launched another one. And uh, my missional community is at the point size wise that we need another one, but we don't have like that ready leader. But there's people within my missional community that I'm pouring into, and so they're they're getting more more tasks to do there. Hey, you're gonna lead discussion tonight. I want you to kind of take this topic and study it, pray with it, and go th- go with it, or you're gonna coordinate this, or you're gonna do this. So, um, so we're continually leading. And that's something we're growing into because we're so young. We're trying to figure out, okay, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. What does training look like? Yeah. Like there's gonna be some curriculum you're gonna to need to have, but there's also gonna to have to just be some real, le- you're gonna to have to go through this and learn it in the battlefield, so, of how it looks.
0: Yeah. And uh, some of this may relate to, Uh, the advance of a post-Christian society that's maybe New England's leading the way here in the United States, in North America. And uh, maybe to to draw back, go out a little bit further and and talk about that scene, just maybe what's going on in New England, and uh, and you're pretty networked among New England guys from my understanding. And what is your sense of, of, obviously you don't know the whole lay lay of the land in New England, but your sense of God's work there uh, in these days?
1: Yeah, I'm part of a I'm part of a group called Gospel Alliance New England that I we kind of help, I helped start a few years back and really what it, it grew out of is we're seeing God do stuff in New England. But New England's big and there's a lot of area and and it is, you know, post-Christian and people feel like they're all alone pastors. So you have a guy way up in northern Maine like 5 hours from my place. Um, who feels like he's the only guy who's doing, you know, ministry that's pointing people to Jesus? He feels like he's the only pastor who actually believes there's Jesus mm. and believes the Bible's like this, the breathed out word of God. But then there's a guy in Massachusetts who does is doing the same thing and feels all alone. So the network really was let's let's start hearing these stories and pull these guys together. And so what we're seeing in New England is, um, you know, so I'm doing a missional community church, but there's guys who are all over the place there's Presbyterian churches there's a lot of guys going I could think of three or four guys right now who are going into mainline liberal American Baptist churches and kind of bringing Jesus reformed theology to them and starting to see people come to know Jesus who've been in church their whole life and and this is a work of God like that's not and it's not just these guys are great. It's God's working in these places. And so um, I think the the for me, the telltale sign that God is working in it is that it's not one movement. It's kind of just his people, his church is doing it. So it's everything from kind of people who we'd say are, are way more charismatic than maybe we would be to people who are, um, you know, high church liturgy. And it's everything in between Presbyterian, non-denominational church planners, re Church has been around for 50 years and the pastors have been there for 50 years. And all of a sudden, he met grace and he met the gospel mm. and he met Jesus. And he's like, This is blowing me away. Um, so it's all over the place. So we could, you know, I could tell stories all day about guys. Um, you know, I've just been reading, just been corresponding after Easter to hear what people have been doing, what God's been doing in their churches and in Easter. And it's been, it's just been powerful to hear what's going on. So, mm. so yeah, I think God really is moving. Um, it's kind of like people are, people have no clue of church it's not in their frame of reference like um they don't think church and so when they're met, met with people who truly love them and serve them then they hear like that's what church is like that's mm. not what i see on tv or that's not what i've heard of that's enticing for them and that's they want that and the spirit's working in the midst of all in the midst of their hearts and really drawing people unto them even on the college campus mm. I mean, we have a college local college and we did a chapel service there i do chapel ministry we did easter there last year we like 250 liberal college kids show up mm. like that that's not me, that's not anyone that's the spirit working on that campus and I don't know what happened. I haven't seen all of them afterwards, but you know that's that's not our job. Our job is to plant the seeds to you know do what we're called to do and and Jesus is working there so it's been it's been awesome the last really four or five years to see what God's doing hmm. in New England.
0: So let me give you a chance to invite folks. maybe some of our listeners are in a place where the the roots of where they are have been loosened maybe there's already an interest in church planting, maybe not. And they're looking for a location, maybe a, a work that God would call them to, a place where God would put them where there's it's difficult soil, Yeah. but he's already on the move. What would you what would you say to folks who might be interested?
1: Yeah, I, well, part of me would say, um, don't come unless you really know God wants you there. Mm. Um, I know a lot of people who will get emails from or just whatever, and they want to come because they're like, oh, God's moving there. I want to go be part of that. Um, don't come unless you really want to work hard and um there's a lot of bivocational guys up there it's mm. not a cushy church job you know you're not going to come in and have full benefits and everything you're going to have to you know I, I think jared wilson said you're gonna have to farm like melt cows and and uh, plant a church so be ready to do that um but god is working so if god's stirring you then don't refuse that stirring like pray you know ask the spirit you know are you leading me there um connect with you know gospel alliance new england there's nets is up there um, the Gospel Coalition New England chapter, um, Stephen Umley's at, um, that's awesome. Like, there's tons of things happening network-wise where you can connect with guys who can connect you in churches. Even on the Gospel Coalition website, there's job listings, and there's often New England jobs that are, people are looking for. So, if God's in your heart, like, I don't know, you can give my email address, David, and you can, like, I, I'd love to talk with you if he's doing that, because, okay. um, there's plenty of work to be done. We need a lot more churches. We need a lot more people who love Jesus and Mm -hmm. uh, who are willing to lay down their life and their pride and probably never get a book deal and probably never get famous, but serve in a little Mm -hmm. town and a little church and lead people to Jesus.
0: Mm, That's good. Would you pray your heart for New England for us as we close?
1: Yeah. Uh, Jesus, um, I'm just grateful that we have a a story worth telling and a A message worth proclaiming in New England and and all around the world, Lord. And I I do pray um, that you would just continue to work in New England in the hearts of the men and women there. Be with the pastors who lead churches for those who are discouraged, those who are frustrated, that you, Holy Spirit, would be a great comforter to them. And God, I pray for those who are listening, Lord, and and they're thinking maybe uh, New England's something that you're stirring in their heart. I pray you'd make that very clear. I pray that you would bring those, those men and women, those families, Lord, um, to New England who you have um, planned before the foundation of this world to serve and to lay down their life for your people in New England. I thank you for this time and the ministry desiring God, Lord, and I thank you for um, all that you've done, and may you in all of this just be glorified, and uh, may your name be made famous in New England and beyond, and we pray this in your name, amen.